Good to be back behind the mic. Uh, it is me, it is I, King of the Couch, back in your ear holes for a, another beautiful, glorious edition of the King of the Couch podcast, episode 84. How the fuck have you been? It's been a long time. I've uh, I've had two weeks off. I, I've been on holidays, been on annual leave. We'll talk about that soon. It was a great little holiday, but I... Um, I thought, look, I was on annual leave for two weeks. Last year when I did the holiday, I was away for a week and I actually recorded my, my pop. Um, if you remember, if you've been listening to the show for at least a year now, um, you would have known I did an episode with my pop, which was great. So I actually took the mics with me when I went away on holidays and I was thinking, yep, yep, I'm going to do a little family recording. There was like a lot of family there. I only took one mic. I have two now. And I was like, oh, do I do it? Do I not do it? And I felt like everybody sort of wanted to do a big family one. And I sort of, I feel like I should have done it. But at the same time, it's sort of, you lose quality of the audio and it gets a bit messy. And I just, you know, I really just wanted to switch off for the week. I've got to be honest. I love doing the podcast, but it is, it is a little bit of planning and things like that. Even though you might not believe me because I'm a bit erratic and scatterbrained when I talk, but it's the show. That's, that's my style. That's my flow. That's my vibe. So I, I felt like, fuck it, I'm going to have a holiday from work, I'm going to have a holiday from the podcast, just basically everything. So I was away for a week, like on an actual holiday, and then I was at home for sort of five or six days, not working, just sort of chilling really, doing a little bit of podcast work, a little bit of work, a little bit of things I wanted to catch up on, but you know, a little bit of daytime lounging, a little bit of fucking game on the phone, a little social media, a little, little sun time, a couple of day beers, you know, things like that, learning how to better the podcast for you guys because that's something that I'm oh, hand on my uh, my heart I'm very terrible I believe at uh, at doing that but anyway I've been on holidays and that's where I've fucking been the last two weeks all right so Kami Farm I'm back on the airwaves and I will be here until until my next holiday every week actually two episodes a week anyway I'm excited and I'm that excited, and I'm not ready to detox just yet. So I've actually got a, I've got a little birio for the show tonight. Let me crack this little son of a bitch. Oh, oh, tastes good. I'm holding in my precious little hands here, ladies and gentlemen. Cooper's Pale Ale, the best damn beer in the world. I'll say it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's the best. Let me have a little sipperoo here and get this show fucking cranking for you all. Mmm. Oh God, it feels good. Man, how you been? It's been a while. I did miss you guys, I'll be honest. I almost I almost caved last week when I was going to do a podcast. I miss you guys that much. But I thought, no, I'll hang 10. You might sit there and go, oh, he's had two weeks off. He's probably done heaps of research on all these different topics. No, no, I didn't. Um, why would I do that? That's not my style. I basically just find some shit I want to talk about a couple of days out, maybe even the same day, and, and go for gold. I try to, look, I'll be honest, I do try to take notes as I as I am living my life and things like that, but um, yeah, things pop up, I might have taken notes like two weeks ago, this shit is old, it's redundant by now, but we'll probably dredge up a couple of bit of, bit of UFC news in the show. Anyway, the King is back, it's 9.12pm, it's the 15th of March, God, I can't remember in the middle of March already this year, 2021 is flying by, uh, truth be told, not a bad year so far, I've been, I'm having uh, somewhat of a good time, it's been it's been okay, ticking a few goals off and, and getting getting cracking on my life, so I hope you're off to a, a beautiful year as well, but anyway, let me get this show on the road, 
So, start with my holidays. Normally I start with the weekend, but you know, I've had like several weekends. We'll just talk about holidays, right? Holidays, let's just put it out there, ladies and gentlemen. They're important, right? I believe they're important. Uh, Warren Zevon, one of the greatest musicians, he, God rest his soul, he's no longer with us, but he has a song, uh, Lawyers, Guns and Money, and basically he does his little diatribe. It's YouTube, look it up, Warren Zevon, Lawyers, Guns and Money. And uh, it's basically about how he gets in trouble with the Russian mob when he's on holidays and uh, he sleeps with a girl who's connected with the Russian mob. And at the end of the, the diatribe, he sort of goes, uh, and that's why I don't take holidays. So that's a very cool bit about holidays. And a lot of workaholics don't want to take holidays, but I like holidays. I was really, really, I've got to be honest, I was really not burnt out. That's not the right word, but I was fucking ready for a holiday. I had like a, like a week off around Christmas time because I had to. But let's be honest, Christmas isn't a... It's not a relaxing time. It's chaos. The family's going mental. The fan, you know, the, you see people you haven't seen in ages, and it's just drinking and eating and getting fat and the fucking weather. If you're in Queensland, it's stinking hot. But it just it is what it is. So I never find it a relaxing time. So we do this family trip to Chugan every year, and it's like I genuinely look forward to it. You know, it's 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 a relaxing time. The house is a belter. It's right on the beach. My whole family's there. So I'll list it out. You got me, the king of the couch. There. You got Rebecca, the queen of the couch. You got little Arabella, the princess of the couch. So they're they're all there. My mum's there. My brother's there. His partner Chloe's there. My nanny, my papa there, my uncle and auntie are there, and my two cousins are there. And then this year, Chloe's dad came up. So my brother's father-in-law to be came up. So there was like an, an added body in there as well. And that was cool that he came up. Um, I, he, I know he hadn't seen Chloe in a while because of COVID and things like that because he's in Sydney. So it was good to have a, a new face in the house. I added a bit of a different dynamic. We had a good game of golf, but I'll, I'll go through the week because it was, it, was it, it was a good week. It was a crazy week. But yeah, look, to say I look forward to the week off is, is, is an understatement. I really do. Work has been, since COVID kicked off, work has been hectic. It's been up and down with emotions and things like that. And I was really just looking forward to signing off and just going, you know what? Fuck that part of my life for two weeks. Let's just get you know some me time in. <clears throat> and two weeks was good. Let's just put it out there. We normally do one week, right? And so this is how it goes. I always find that the first one or two days, you're sort of still unwinding, trying to get into the holiday. You know, you're, I'm a little bit, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit somewhat anxious that first and second day sometimes just because I'm not used to being out of my routine. I, I mentioned so many times in the show that I'm one of those guys that doesn't like routine, but whether you like it or not, you are in a routine. Like life is just routine. If you do the same shit over and over, that is a routine. So I have a routine. So when I go on a holiday and you get out of routine, whether you appreciate your routine or not, you're still like, oh God, I'm out of my routine and fucking what's going on and do I have a beer? It's 10 o'clock. I feel like drinking and shit. Fuck. What do I do? But um, yeah, but this year was good. It was our first day. It was a little bit hectic, anxious and we, we we were sweating on some money coming into our account. So I will get to that soon because I feel like this needs to be talked about. Financial stresses, if I've had stresses this year, that's been one of them. So we'll talk about that because it's important. I don't, I don't shy away from uh, from the hot topics. Um, we got a lot. We got a lot to talk about tonight. I think could be a long show. Could be a shortish show. I don't know. Who knows? I've been away for two weeks. I could. Sp- <sighs> I'm just, I'm just excited to be back. So anyway, the holiday was good. Tugan, for anybody that doesn't know, it's sort of basically like ten minutes away from the New South Wales border on the Queensland side. It's the nice end of the Gold Coast. All right. No offense to any Gold Coast people listening, but. It's a shithole, a lot of the Gold Coast. I think the main part to me, a lot of the Gold Coast is a shithole. I'm talking like the, the Broad Beach, the Surface Paradise, those sort of areas. I don't really like them too much. Look, I live in the Sunshine Coast and we have our fair share of shitholes too. So I'm not singling just the Gold Coast people out. I come from Brisbane. I guarantee you, I can, I can put hand on my heart. Again, 
that the the city is full of shitholes. So it's just a thing. But we stay in Chugan, and you got sort of like Crumbin, Chugan, Coolangatta, you know, fucking uh, Green Mountain, and then you're sort of over the border. I um This year, I don't even think I went over the border. Hey, I don't know why. We didn't do as much driving. Normally, we do sort of day trips and things like that. But I don't know. It was a very, very low-key, very chill year this year. So, but yeah, we were waiting on a bit of money. I don't know whether to talk about that now or not. But yeah, look, the week, it's a great week. The week is very much... Um, chilling a lot of beers i actually didn't drink as much this year as i thought um normally i'll probably have two or three cartons across the week but i bought one carton of furfies shout out furfy it was nice in hindsight by like my 18th drink of the furfy carton i was like i should have just got coopers you know but i was sweating on a bit of cash and frankly the bws in the corner was running a special on furfy so that's why I went that way. I'm a special whore. I'm, I'm a special kind of guy, and if I see it, I'm a whore for specials. So that's just what I do. I'm sure a lot of guys on, on uh, that are listening to this podcast can relate to that. I know there's a few snobby motherfuckers out there that listen and go, hmm, I only pay full price. Well, more fill you, dudes, because there's a lot of fucking beer out there, and there's a lot of specials out there, right? As my pop always says, there's no bad beer, just better. Whatever, all right? Take that as you will. But anyway, I fucking dig the specials. So I got one carton of Furfy over the week. In fairness, I probably pumped about three bottles of rosé, two bottles of champagne, and that was about it. And I probably nabbed a couple of beers here and there with my brother and my uncle and things like that and vice versa. You know, what goes around comes around. And a couple of surf club beers. Tell you what, if you are down that way, Corumban Surf Club. It's my new favorite surf club on the coast. It has the best view. We, this is our fourth year we've been going to Chugan, and I've never been it. It's literally five seconds down the road, and I've never been there. I was like, why don't we go out there for a beer? I wanted to get my pop out of the house. Who um, shout out my dear old pop. He drinks four X gold. I will remind you, he's the guy that said there's no bad beer, just better. I like four X gold, but it does something to your stomach lining. It does something to your guts. I'd say it makes you want to shit your pants the next day. Uh, and I feel like he definitely feels that as an 88 year old man. Um, bit graphic, sorry, but it's late night, so we we get full R rated on this show. We're not little kids listening, but. Yeah, he wasn't really drinking, and I was trying to support him with that, but I said, look, why don't we get out to the surf club, I'll get you a Coke, a pink lemonade, you used to buy me a pink lemonade when I was fucking five, you're 88, I don't know what else to buy you, you're not drinking beer anymore, so have a pink lemonade. As it was, he got a beer, had one beer, and then he hit the surf club, uh, sorry, we're at the surf club, he hit the pokies, because he loves the pokies, so does my grandma, she loves the pokies too, and my mum likes it for that matter too, and I wouldn't say they're degenerate fucking gamblers, they just like it, you know, when you're like 80 plus years old, and... You want to play the pogies? Fuck it. Do it. Enjoy yourself. You know what I mean? Don't worry about leaving money behind. Enjoy your days. That's what life's about. So it was good to get out. But yeah, if you're on the Gold Coast, check out Karama Surf Surf Club. It's the best. Hey, if you're a Queenslander, like surf clubs are like legit. They're a thing. They're good. If you can see the beach, right? The waves crashing. You can get a beer in your hand. Mm, That's just, I don't know. It's, It's so good. It's so good. Right, it's just it's it's right up there with an orgasm for me. It's delicious. In fact, I love it. But yes, that was grand. That was really really good. Um, but yeah, we hit the wildlife sanctuary with Arabella. That was fun. She fed kangaroos or condenoos as she calls them. That was really cool. Um, I mentioned it numerous times, and I will continue to mention it. But you get you as a father, as a parent, as a mother, whatever it is, you get such a kick out of seeing the kids. You know, your own kid with like them seeing a kangaroo for the first time you're able to get to a kangaroo i'm excited about feeding kangaroos right but i've done it before you know seeing her feed a bit of the things that kangaroos eat if there's any vets or anyone that's into animals listening what the fuck does a kangaroo eat they look like little bits of dried rat poo or something like that but the kangaroos are eating them 
I was a bit sus on the kangaroos, you know, like they were pretty placid. I thought kangaroos had a bit of a bit of a temper, a bit violent, but they were all pretty chilled. And I'm thinking, is that is this a conspiracy here? Like, are they they putting a little bit of fucking something, a bit of hypnol in the the kangaroos' waters, and just to chill them out, you know, so they don't drop kick my baby across the fucking park? But they were sweet. This I got a shout out kangaroos. You guys are really chill. Thanks for being so lovely to my daughter. But it was really cool, really nice. Um, they had a bit of a bird show. It had nothing on Bird World in terms of like the amount of birds, but yeah, I was I was ducking and weaving. Literally, the birds were like flying over my head, and at one point, the two chicks who were running it, they shout at them. They were really good. They were like, "Oh, we need a volunteer." And I'm thinking, "Fuck no, do not look at me." You know, the pinking and the cat shirt on would have been good. Would have been good publicity, you know, plug for the show. But I was like, "Oh God, no!" Luckily, she picked some like poor five year old out of the crowd, and he had to like feed this bird. It was okay, but it was it was you know. I'm just glad it wasn't me. You know, the way she was really selling it was like a big bird was going to come. It was not. It was just a little bird. But they brought a fucking eagle out. And, oh, man, I was I was proper, proper sopping in my panties. I was really wet. I was really sweaty that day because of just the fear of the eagle and stuff like that. But, yeah, it was really fun. You know, they had this little old school train. They have fucking crocodiles there. All these different animals, you know. It's not like a full-on zoo. It's like a – well, it's a wildlife sanctuary. That's what I said. But, uh it was really cool, really nice. Something about animals. I do, I do really like animals. It's nice that people want to look after them as a job too. I think, I think on a long enough timeline, I'd like to look after animals, not birds, but like other animals, you know, like kangaroos and stuff, like the half stone kangaroos. I think that'd be fun. It'd be nice. But that was really cool. Um, another thing we did, we went to an, an awesome. I can't recommend this place enough. It's at Palm Beach. It was called Balboa. It's an Italian place, as in Rocky Balboa, the goat of boxing, obviously. But it was really good. Um, it was just such a such a nice night. We went out, got a bottle of rose. Actually, it was probably the because we were sweating on money all week. It was like the first dinner dinner we actually went out for. We had a whole meal thing planned, but like it didn't go to didn't go to plan or anything like that. There was like quite a bit of takeaway, a few pizzas. We were all chilled. I think everyone had the same sort of headspace that week. It was like, let's just chill, drink, hit the beach. That was it. I played a game of golf with my brother, the, the his father-in-law to be and my uncle. And honestly, that was sick. I haven't played golf in... Uh, actually, the last time I played golf was at Calandra at Nine Holes with James Morrell, Jimmy the Gent, they call him. And it was so fucking good that uh, I, I just kept remembering that. And they were like, do you want to play 18 holes of golf? Again, sweating on money. I didn't know if I was going to be able to commit. My brother and he was, and, and the father-in-law was like, listen, we'll, we'll shout you. And I'm like, you guys are good. I really appreciate that, but I'm going to be fucking in your debt. We'll talk about money straight after this because I feel like there's an underlying theme here. But yeah, it was fucking really cool. It was really good to play golf. Um I tell you what, it was a kind of it was the cooling out of golf club tweet heads. Look, the guy that worked there was nice, but they had a few dickheadish things going on. They switched the course on my brother last minute. They they couldn't let us have golf carts because it was too wet. But it was all right. We saw a lot of people fly around in golf carts. They made my uncle buy a fucking college shirt. I get golf etiquette and stuff like that, but like it's a little bit. It's a bit camp golf, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, like, do we really have to wear a fucking college shirt for a social game of golf, you know? Tuck our shirts in and look like absolute fucking morons. But, hey, that's golf. It's part of the game. It's a traditional thing. I think uh, Happy Gilmore has made us all think about that and how golf, you know, etiquette is. But, anyway, so my uncle had to buy a shirt, all these things. Then the guy's like, in my head, I'm thinking, right, 
Well, golf and beers go hand in hand. We've been on the sauce all week, and we're not going to give up just yet. We're not going to fucking throw on the towel like a bunch of cowards would. So we're like, we need some beers. And we wanted to carry the beers, and that's why we wanted the golf cart because you can load them up. But you know the story. No golf cart, no carrying of the beers. It was pretty early. We teed off at like 7 a.m. So I was like, right, I've got a banana here, 1.25 liters of water. I'll get that in. We'll get to the halfway. There's a halfway clubhouse. Right? This is a thing with golf. I didn't realize this, but this is a, a thing apparently. There's these halfway bars, right, they call them. It's on hole 10. I'm pretty fucking thirsty by this point. I've been playing some okay holes of golf. I'm not a golfer, so there's only okay holes and then very shit holes. So I was having a, I was having a rough game, to be honest. I lost literally like 12 balls. I, if my brother's listening, I still owe you a fucking lot of balls. I, I'll get them at some point. Golf balls are expensive. I was going to buy them that day, and I looked at the price. And I was like, no chance, my friend. So we'll get you those balls. Um, but yeah, get to hole 10. And I see it, I spotted it like an eagle, like 200 meters away. I was like, the fucking thing's padlocked. Like, I can see that it's it's still locked up. Like, it's not open. I'm like, why did they tell us the bar was open and it's not open? So I've looked at my watch. It was on my phone. I'm not wearing a watch. So I've looked at my phone watch and it was like 10 o'clock, right? I'm like, 10 o'clock. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, bars open at 10, bottlers open at 10. It's probably a legality thing, you know what I mean? Like, that. that's cool. I don't know much about golf. Maybe they're just doing the right thing. So, you know, we've approached it pretty slowly. By the time we get there, you know, it's like 10 past 10. Fucking thing's still padlocked. It's still this, it's still that. And everyone, there's a bit of commotion amongst us, all three of us, all four of us, sorry. And I'm like, I think that's closed. And my uncle's like, oh, you're kidding me. That's closed. And brother, my brother's at this point, because he had a few shocking holes. Hey, He was like, what the fuck is going on here? Hey? He's just like, and I was like, okay, me and my brother, like, we're very alike in that respect we like having beers we like to know that there's going to be beers at the halfway bar when they tell us and it's closed up both the thompson boys are losing their fucking mind i was like fuck this hey i'm gonna call them i'm gonna call them and say where the fuck are the beers at i've called them i was like hey man we're at the halfway house i've called the pro shop you know i'm on hole 10 hey man where are the beers like the halfway bar is closed you know what i mean like i'm having a kind of a shitty version of a golf day here you know like and it was a great day uh, i really thank my brother and stuff for taking me out it was really good but i was like where are the beers we want the beers we're boys we're men let's get the beers uh yeah i can hear him talking in the background of some fucking shagger and it was like yeah sorry man we're not gonna have anyone to man that bar today and i'm like oh really because someone definitely told us that the bar was you know and he's like yeah i think that was me and in my head i'm like i fucking know it was you mate you know because there's only two of you in there and the other guy was mexican and you don't sound mexican so it was like okay, all right, mm, what the fuck, you know, something, oh, God, now we've got nine fucking holes until we get to the pub. But anyway, look, I sound like a raging alcoholic, and look, I probably was, probably was that day. But it was good, it was really good. i tell you what, golfers, slip, slop, slap, I, I did get a lot of sunscreen on, but I really underestimated how hot golf is, like walking for 18 holes, I probably walked like 67 Ks that day, had two beers after it, and two nice Four Pines Pacific out, they were a nice drop, shout out Four Pines, that's a great beer, got home, bang, oh man, the heat stroke, the sun stroke, it was real, I was cooked, I was pumping water, pumping hydrolytes, even had to lie down there, but we're going out to dinner this night, and I'm thinking, I'm feeling crappy, right, but I got a lot of liquid in before I got to dinner, this was at Balboa's of course, and then I thought, you know what, the right thing to do now is undo all my good work, order a bottle of rosé. That's exactly what I did, and it was delicious, and it was a wonderful day. So thank you for asking. So that was near the end of the trip, um, but we had such a good time. Mate Lee Fennon and his partner all came down. It was good to see them. I feel like you've got to make the effort with your friends, you know what I mean? If, you, if you're in their neck of the woods, they're in your, you know, your neck of the woods, call your friends, you know what I mean? It's so good. It's good seeing them. Um, 
but we yeah we just had such a such a good time and there was a couple of little underlying financial issues but anyway look that was my, my Chugan holiday last week. Honestly, it was very relaxed. Like it was, I can't stress enough how, <laughs> how do I sum this up? I can't stress enough how stressed I may have been before because I just was fully chilled out last week. I was in such a good mood, having some drinks, eating some food. I was like loving cooking dinners for the family, looked after Arabella a couple of days. It was just really nice to chill out. I made a conscious effort to not really look at my phone that much. Like I definitely didn't look at many work emails. You know, like if you're dedicated to your job, I am dedicated to my job and I do like my job. There's elements of my job I do not like, but I, you, know, you sometimes feel compelled to, to answer the emails and you're like, look, let's just pump the brakes here. You know what I mean? I do a damn good job, but I'm not the fucking be all and end all forever. No, I'm not, you know, I, everybody is replaceable to an extent, you know, I'm not putting myself down. I just think that's it. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, there's CEOs. There's more CEOs. You know what I mean? I'm an account manager and project manager. There's more account manager and project managers. You know, like I'm not the best to ever do it. You know, and I'm definitely fucking heaps better than the worst to ever do it. So I'll just say that much. But I was like, no, I really want to make a conscious effort to to chill out here, and that's exactly what I did. So, yeah, that was it. That was that was my last two weeks. There was a lot more to it. Uh, a lot of swimming, sort of, really. A lot of beers, a lot of wine, a lot of champagne, a lot of awesome family time with Beck and Arabella. So good to hang out with Arabella. She was a bit crazy some nights, you know, she's out of whack and things like that. Uh, parents, I'm sure you get into a nice little routine, again, with the routine, and then you take them on holidays, there's fucking stimulation galore, and it's like, yeah, I'm just going to put them down for bed, and it's going to take fucking two hours tonight. So, yeah, but... It was, it was really good. And now I'm at that point where I'm like, I'm glad to be back at work. You know, I'll be honest, like, I still would love to be on holidays. You know, there's people like, oh, it's so good to get back to work. Yeah, it is good to get back to work. But, like, it's sick to go on a really good holiday as well. And if someone was like, hey, listen, there's no repercussions. You can take another two weeks off tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking doing it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm not mental. I'll take the time off. But... It was good to have the rest, and now it's good to get back into work. As I said, I was really, really busy and hectic, and I felt a bit scatterbrained. I felt focused but scatterbrained at the time, and I needed that de-stress, that rest. And I got that now, and I'm happy, and I'm back in the saddle, and we're going to be pumping it again. I've got a lot of shit to achieve this year with work, and a lot of shit to achieve with the podcast. Always, you know, but... Uh, You'll hear about that all on my fucking motivational podcast. This is just this is just the podcast, episode 84. Okay, so that's holiday. That's that done. So uh, there was about three or four points in that, that whole thing where I mentioned money, right? So just to give you a bit of a backstory, and I may have mentioned this before, but Beck has been on maternity leave for, for quite a while, and it was always like um, her goal to be a mum, you know? So I thought... Yep, cool. Let's keep you on maternity leave. We had a pretty good thing living off my wage. We left. We led a pretty fucking chilled lifestyle up at the beach, you know. Uh, we moved out. We got a new house. Cost us more in rent. We got all the new furniture. That costs us more. Different bills come up. Different things come up. Arabella's growing. There's a fuckload more formula. There's a lot more nappies. And, well, you know, more nappies, I guess, in, in a way. But a lot more formula. She's eating a lot more food clothes, things like this, daycare three days a week. So it adds up, right? So life is getting a bit more expensive. So we got to that point where it was like, no, we should be all right. And then it was like, after a few weeks of work, I was like, actually, you know what? We're really running out slash have run out of money here. And for like the first time in like five years, I think I had to borrow some money off my mum. My mother-in-law gave us like 200 bucks just out of the blue. All these things, I, I, I love and appreciate that everyone has helped me out. But you kind of go, fuck, I've got to stand on my own two feet, you know what I mean? I know people have some hard times and stuff like that. And look, I'm the first, I'm going to put my hand up and say I'm no fucking financial guru, you know what I mean? I read The Barefoot once, didn't really take it all in, just fucking 
cherry picked what I liked and that was about it. Should read it again. Probably should read something about finance again. But yeah, it was just like, okay, cool. We sort of had set it up like, all right, we're going to have X amount of money for mum. We're going to get paid on this particular day and then we're going to be sweet. Now, Beg was a little bit sweating on her payday at a new job and I'm sort of was like not trying to get annoyed about it, but I'm like, I would just know the day that you're going to get paid, right? So apparently it wasn't too clear. Anyway, we're there. Saturday we went to a 21st, so we're, all, we're basically in holiday mode at this point. But then from there we drive to the coast, right? That's Sunday. Monday she's like, I'm getting paid. Mm, didn't didn't come to fruition Monday, did it? So at this point we've uh, and I'll be honest, we've got no savings at this point. This is this is where money comes in and it's a real big stress factor. So people that say that money can't buy you happiness, I call bullshit on that. Maybe to some high soulful sort of level, but at a little level where I mean you're on holidays, you want to buy some beer, you want to go with some dinners, you want to get some clothes, and you want to do some nice things. You've got fifty bucks for five days you might get unhappy very quick, you know what I mean? So that's, my intention was to spend some money. I didn't have any money. So ergo is no money equals happiness, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, so turns out we didn't get paid on the Monday and we were getting paid on the Friday. And I was like, fuck, I was just like instant like, you know, like the wind has been knocked out of my sails. Beck felt terrible. She was quite upset about it, to be honest. So that first Monday, the first weekday, it was like, all right, cool. My mum, being the angel that she is, she was like, I'll lend you some money. She gave me 200 bucks cash. I felt awkward about it. didn't want to take it. You know, there's these things. You feel weird about it. Like, I'm not a... I don't think I'm a mootra. I don't like asking people for money. And I don't... Frankly, I, I don't mind asking people for help. But, you know, there's certain things you want to do on your own. And you, and, and you kind of get this... You get this notion in your head that you're like, I'm 32 or I'm 30 or whatever it is. And I should have my shit sorted. And I've got a lot of my shit sorted. Just some of my shit is unraveling. <laughs> so, anyway... She lent me 200 bucks and we, frankly, we made it right out to like Thursday evening. We did pretty fucking well. Then we got paid on Friday and we had a little bit of money left because we had bills to pay, you know, had a bit of money. I had to pay my mum back. So we paid her in one hit, which I felt great about. But it was just, it was kind of, it was kind of poetic in a way because like we had the year that we just couldn't get back on our feet after Christmas and the birthdays. We just couldn't. And and for anyone listening, if you're out there, like, you know, I'm sure you're in the same sort of headspace. It's, it's not a nice sort of feeling. We all live week to week in a way or day to day or month to month, whatever it is, but you might live week to week, but you've got all your bills paid and you've got mm, savings here. You've got money here for this thing. You've got money here for that thing. You've got fun money in your pocket. You know what I mean? You've got a long-term saving strategy, a long-term investment strategy. You know, if a fucking thing pops up, we've got the money there to pay for it. We very much were like, no, we've got like 50 bucks, you know, like we, we have 50 bucks and that's basically it, you know? So, uh, yeah, spend it fucking wisely. So, to say I was stressed about money was an understatement and I felt like it really started impacting my my life, you know, because I like being social. I like having a beer, you know. I love clothes. I fucking love clothes. I really do. I love Hawaiian shirts. Got paid the other day. I went and bought a new Hawaiian shirt. Celebrated. Got paid. People go, you're an idiot. You got 50 bucks. But it's all good. Beck's got a new job and she's getting paid fortnightly. It's crazy, you know, like we redid my budget like a week ago when I got paid and Beck got paid today and then she's getting paid again in two weeks and it was just like okay based on what we redid my budget on it was like looking really cool we felt good we took some money we paid juiced up all these accounts think we paid about two or three debts back in that pay 
And then bang, Beck got paid again today. And I was just like, oh, fuck yeah, it's Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, we're sick. We're loving it. And then it's like, get it paid again in two weeks. And like, we're just now, because we're planning to be ahead, and then we're in that mindset. I felt like maybe Beck and I are the kind of the people. Sometimes I know with a lot of things in my life, I am this type of person where I've kind of got a, a charge at things really hard, like all or nothing mentality. And I might wipe myself out. I might hit rock bottom and then... When I hit that motherfucking bottom, I bounce back up. And that's just the way it is. So with money, I felt like we'd hit rock bottom. Even though we have a lot of nice things, I'm not trying to be ungrateful and things like that. But you get used to like your level. People go, oh, you should be more grateful and this and that and focus on what you got. And I'm like, yeah, of course, you know what I mean? But I also find that a little bit, I don't know, a little bit of a narrow-minded mindset, you know, when you're like, well, okay, I'm happy with what I got. Does that mean I'll just never get anything else? You know what I mean? Like, I know I can get more money. I know I want more things. There's things that are important to me that I'm not ticking off. So you get where I'm going with it here. So honestly, my mood has changed based on just the last week, getting paid, getting paid, rejigging things, setting it right, getting on the exact same page with her. And sort of just now we're we're both like clear. And it's it's a powerful thing, you know, when you when you sort of get to that point where you're like, oh yes, you know, this is fucking good, right? We are we're right there. So yeah, great holiday, but there was like an underlying vibe of financial stress, and it was probably why we took it so easy too, because there's definitely things I would I would like to have done, but it was good to just connect and go, all right, this is what we're doing here, sort of thing. But uh, anyway, look, holidays are over, back to it. Shut your mouth, boy. Get back to work. So anyway, that's it. On with the show. Now, what else has been happening? There's been a bit happening, right? There's been some sport happening. I'm very happy to say that the NRL was back over the weekend. We had AFL starting this weekend. And the UFC has been pretty good too in the last couple of weeks. So um, we will... We will very briefly, UFC... Uh, I was going to do a bit of a breakdown at the time, but it was sort of in the... I actually... Yeah, I couldn't have done a breakdown at the time, but I thought this is going to be a good card. It wasn't too bad. The old UFC 259 card with Adesanya and Jan Blachowicz. That was where Adesanya went up for the belt. I tipped him to win. He didn't win. It was not a bad fight. It was good. I appreciate fighters that go up and jump up. A lot of people are like, oh, you're eating humble pie. You've got to be humble and stuff like that. I'm like, shut your mouth, boy. It's like... You know, to be great, you've got to like really challenge yourself. And this is what these guys do. They know they're going up to fight bigger people, bigger dogs, you know. And that's what he did, and it didn't pay off. But like, fuck it, you know. Like, he could have just been a pussy and just played it safe and just fought in his division where he was slaying dudes, just murking dudes. So, yeah, kudos to him. And Jan's a beast. Polish power, baby. Unreal. I'm excited. And over the weekend, actually, what, my two cents, if you ask, what, what, what's next for those two fighters? Uh, Adesanya, probably go back down to middleweight, fight. Um, I don't even know who's there at the top, but I feel that Rolf Whitaker and Paulo Costa are going to have a fight, so maybe he'll fight the winner of that. I'm assuming that will happen. I'm thinking it's going to be Robert Whitaker too. That's what I think will be next for Adesanya. I know he's not going to be fighting John Jones anytime soon. I feel like if he won against Jan, then he would be hunting for John Jones, you know. But because he didn't win, that sort of that sort of fizzled out for me anyway. They might fight down the future, but who, who knows? Uh, Jan, I don't even know who's a light heavyweight to be honest. I think that Rakic and someone else in the card had a good fight, so could be one of them. Um, maybe maybe Alexander Rakic is next. Um, but I can't even think. Light heavyweight's one of those divisions I don't follow as closely as some of the other divisions. So 
excuse me, I'll work it out. We'll on that with the UFC too. I'm gonna to do a few more breakdowns this year. Definitely think once once we've got the YouTube cam, uh, camera cranking, might do a bit of face to face breakdowns. I even like to do some sort of fight style companions like Joe Rogan does. So that could be something that's in the pipeline too. A lot in the pipeline. I'm just gonna pull my finger well out of my butthole and get to work. Now, oh, another one, Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad. I was really looking forward to that fight yesterday and ended in a fucking nasty eye poke. It was a really gross, nasty eye poke. I thought he blinded the guy, to be honest. Um, and I was rooting for Leon Edwards, too. He's been out for like two years. I was pretty stoked, psyched, not sure what I'm trying to say, but I was pretty stoked that Bilal Muhammad took the fight because that Kamzat shit himself twice and was never going to eventuate. So you got to give it up to the guys that take fights on like one month's notice. I think that's pretty fucking badass. And it was cool that Leon was like, yeah, I'll fight anyone at this point because it's been two years and no one wants to fight me. I genuinely think people are avoiding him in the welterweight division. I don't know why, but I feel he's a great fighter, of course, but I feel like they are avoiding him. So I don't know what's next for him. He wants a title fight. He's just poke this guy's eye out of his freaking head. I think a rematch is in order, personally. I think that's what needs to happen. No one wants to see a fight ended like that. Oh, and how can I forget? The illegal knee, Peter Yarn and Aljo Sterling. I picked Aljo to win that fight, and I didn't think he was going to win like that. Peter Yarn was, frankly, he was killing him, and it was a really awkward illegal knee. Ugh. It was a legal knee, but at the same time, when a fighter was down like that, it was kind of like they're almost taking a breath in front of the fighter in a weird position where, like, my two cents would be like your gut reaction would just be to knee them in the fucking head and that's exactly what Peter Yarn the little Russian dog did so yeah I don't know I don't know what's next for those but I reckon there's a rematch there with Aljo and Peter Yarn that's what I think should happen too rematches fucking all around so that's the UFC next one is uh, I'm looking forward to that Stipe and Ngannou 2 and Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega that's going to be a good one so I think that's the 28th of March so we might I'll do, a, I'll do a UFC breakdown on that. I'll do a UFC breakdown on UFC 260. You heard it here first, UFC fans. So we'll separate that from the from the main show, of course. Now, mm, booty fans, fuck yeah. The NRL is back. I'm psyched and stoked for that matter. It is cool. Oh, it came around so fast. I feel like... You know, when footy ends or anything ends, you're like, oh, God, it's like six months away. And then, bang, it was like, footy starting. It's on Thursday night. And I was like, Yes! I was so excited. The older I get, the more I appreciate sport. I'm at that point now in my life where I'm like, I want to watch more sport, but I also don't want to be a fat slob drinking beers on the couch and want to be like a good family man as well. So I've got to sort of be a bit strategic about it. So look, Thursday night, it was the first game to to kick off the season. So you you guarantee I'm watching that one. And that was Storm versus Rabbitohs. And that was... That was a great fucking game to start the year. I was really, really excited about that one. And uh, picked Storm to win by eight points. Pfft, who who to thunk it? They got up by eight points. So, yeah, I'm fucking number one in my uh, ESPN footy tipping, baby. Thank you very much. Some money on the line. I'm taking it very seriously this year. Um, not that seriously, though, because I did tip the Bronx to beat the Eels, and I was not confident they were going to beat the Eels. So, look. Let's just let's just break down footy real quick. I didn't watch many games over the weekend. I had a bit on. I don't have KO at the moment, so I didn't catch any of the Saturday games. I didn't catch the Raiders and Tigers either because I spent like fucking two hours trying to do my lawns with an electric mower and all this shit. Oh, God. I'm not even bringing it up because it made me so freaking angry. But anyway, fuck mowing. But... I only saw two games. I might see two or three this weekend, but the AFL's back, so I've got to be strategic because I want to watch the Lions game on next Saturday night. But... The Broncos, the Broncos, the Broncos, God. Okay, so the wooden spoon last year, it was devastating. Fans were off them. You know, it was just a fucked year. The, the coach got sacked. They lost a lot of players. It was just injuries galore. Oh, hard to be a Brisbane Broncos fan. 
the first game of the season, they were fucking versing the Parramatta Eels. You know, like, I think in the last two times they fought Parramatta, they've conceded like a, something like 100 points against them. That's, that's like, for anyone that's not an NRL fan, I'm going to talk about NRL for the next couple of minutes, about the Broncos in particular. That's a fucking thrashing. That's a flogging. That's bad. So I backed them, and I didn't hold much hope, you know, but you've got to back your team. That's just one of those things. Lo and behold, they've come out. So let me just frame it up for you. They've got a new coach in Kevy Walters, one of the Broncos' greats. They've not really recruited too many guys over the offseason, but they retained a lot of players. They've uh, they've lost like one or two, but they got some older guys back and different coaching staff. I think the coaching was a big thing, right? The coach obviously got sacked because it was just it was no good for the club, and it was delivering no results. Neither were the players, for that matter. I'm saying the players were fucking equally to blame, but. Man, I gotta hand it to the Broncos. Hey, that first half they played the other night was like this is a different team. Players that were like once great at a shit season last year were great again in that first half. Like Anthony Milford, unreal. We had a lot of our big players out, you know, but they had Croft at number seven. I thought he did pretty well, to be honest. I, I thought he did pretty well. I am a big uh campaigner for Tom Dearden. I'd rather see him in the number seven spot, but yeah, look, it was good. The new player, uh, Mead, he was he was good. He was a gun for them. Xavier Coates, unreal. Shout out that his neck didn't fucking snap off because he had a nasty little injury. But he played really fucking good too. Jermaine Asako at fullback. I never really rated him too much, but he was great at fullback. His kicking game was good. Jake Turbin, they were all good. Honestly, that first 40 minutes of uh, football, it was the best they've played in over 12 months. It was just hands down the best. And like, if no team... Uh, like I'm just saying, I don't think any team would have beat them in that first 40 minutes the way they played. They were just they wanted it more than the Eels. 100% they wanted more than the Eels. Eels played really, really bad in that first 40 minutes. But they were never going to beat the Broncos there. The Broncos just wanted it more, you know. And the defense was unreal. The attack was unreal. It was just, oh, God, it was a good 40 minutes. It was so good, in fact, that I got a bit overzealous. I had a bottle of champagne in the fridge. It was really like a Wolf Blast Pinot Noir, not even from champagne, but I'm calling it champagne. I cracked it at half time. I thought, I'm not having any more beers. The boys are up 16-0. I'm feeling fucking good. Let's crack some champagne. I don't think it's overzealous, and I don't think it's too soon. I really, really don't. I've cracked it. I'm at the, I'm in a Broncos footy chat. I said, boys, Broncos are on 32-16. I'm calling it now. They're going to put another 16 points on them. Eels will come back a bit, but 32-16. I'm halfway into the glass. I'm thinking, fuck, he's good. He's good. Bang. Lodges out of the game. Xavier Coates has nearly broke his fucking neck. Someone else got fucking booted out of the game. Oh, we've conceded in one or two tries. I'm like, oh, shit. The champagne tastes good, but it tastes better when you're winning. And, uh, yeah, just downhill from there. We end up losing 24-16. I did a little Instagram post. I thought, this is this is a really funny scenario because I was, I was so high on the first half and I was so low on the second half. But look, there was glimpses of hope in that second half. I got I got to not not cry me a river all night because there was really glimpses of hope in that that second half. There was like Herbie Farmworth made a, like an intercept that didn't pull off, but if he got that ball, you guarantee he was going to score. He's that sort of player. Jake Turpin had a bit of a funny one where he didn't get sort of downward pressure. It was a really awkward one. And then the, there was a bit of a knock-on from an Eels player. Ugh, I feel like that could have been a try from a different referee. It was just one of those moments. So just on those two tries alone, you think we would have won the game. But look, it is what it is. The Eels come back and play really good. But look, good signs from the Broncos camp. I know I was a bit off and I was a bit angry five, ten minutes after that game. I was a bit spewing. I followed. Uh, I drank the whole bottle of champagne just to really celebrate. Actually, I left a one glass in there. It was a one glass bottle. And uh, yeah, so... 
I was a bit upset, but there was a big ray of sunshine at the end of that game in terms of like, okay, we've got heaps of players to come back. Coates isn't so injured. I can't think of the other fucked player. Asiata maybe was injured, but he'll be back next week. Coates will be back next week. We've still got Stags. We've got Payne Haas. There's a lot to come back. You know, we've got Deard in there in the wings. There's a lot happening. So Broncos fans, let's let's dig deep and fucking go. They've got the Titans this week, and they're going to pummel the little fucking dogs from Gold Coast. They're going to get them. We've got the Bulldogs next week. We're going to pummel the, gob, the fucking dogs from Canterbury, Campbelltown. We're going to send them fucking packing with the tails between their legs. So I'm glad. I'm very, very happy that the football's back. Very happy. So this Thursday night, might hit it up with Stewie, have a few tins. Shout out Stewie. He's got a little challenge next week. I'm not doing the challenge myself. Whether it's a monetary issue, I've got other goals. But I said I'd support him, and I'm saying it here on the interweb, so I'm going to cut my alcohol down to to like 99% less than what it is right now. I'm going to try and macro my food, and I'm going to work out. Yes, Stu, if you're listening, which I fucking know you will be, I'm going to, I'm going to work out every sesh with you if I can make it if not I will do a sesh the same day and you hit work and all the extra work I'm going to try and do it with you there you go you've heard it here first bang boom boom baby <sighs> anyway sports back Lions are playing Saturday night I've got my mates up here from Melbourne they moved they're in Queensland they're officially Queenslanders now I don't want any more southerners moving up because the fucking real estate market is going through the roof Queensland is never going to be able to buy a house ever again thanks to the southerners Take that the way you will. No, just kidding. But the, but the real estate is really going through the roof. I don't worry too much about that because I was never planning on buying a house right now anyway and the property market has jumped up. It's like, oh no, what am I going to do? Well, Aaron, you're never buying a house today anyway. So what the fuck can you do? Exactly. Go on and do your podcast and have a beer and live your life and try and get a route. That's the way you do it, bro. But yeah, I'm very happy for my friends from Melbourne. They took him like literally like a year in the making to get up here. He stayed at my house. Tim Edwards, he stayed at my house Saturday, Sunday night. I come home a week later. He's left me a carton of Coobers. I'm drinking the second last one tonight. Thank you very much. That made my fucking day. Seriously made my day. He shouldn't have done that, but he did do that, and I appreciate it. You know, very, very, very lovely beers. All right. I mean, I'm just cranking through this show. I've got a fucking lot of stuff to talk about tonight, and I'm already 40 minutes into it. Uh, merch. Uh, I did another little thing, a uh, little, little IG Facebook post recently. got a few people hit me up about shirts. So if you are listening and you do want one of the King of the Cat shirts, let me know. Um, heads up, I've got a long sleeve design on the way, a long sleeve tee, and I've got a hat on the way. So I will probably in the next week, maybe one to two weeks. Oh, God, I'm burping. 40 minutes in. It's, been, it's a late burp, but it's a burp nonetheless. I'll have some information on the merch. So we're gonna we're gonna crank out a bit more merch regularly. I've got a few ideas milling around. I've been sussing out a few little options. So and I've actually got a, sorry, I've got another shirt, which I won't I won't announce just yet, but once I get that back, I might do a do a little run of that shirt as well. So it should be should be fun. So that's my, my merch plug this week. Um oh God, there's so much stuff to talk about. A couple of punchable offenses coming up. I've got a whole bit on fucking cancel culture got some movie reviews got a tv show review got an instagram page shout out i just want to do two two page shout outs here real quick i might get these guys in the show one i've actually been talking to he seems like a legit bloke and he was keen to do a podcast so i've hooked up uh, zencaster zoom so i'm gonna i'm gonna have some interstate guests very soon so maybe even some international guests soon i'm going a bit more fucking ham on the guests this year because uh i like talking and i want to i want to expand the audience so 
stay around for that. But uh, I want to give if if you're if you're a cultural fan like I am, check out these pages. Seek and destroy vintage. I've been I've been um, following a few different vintage clothing websites for quite some time now. Not all vintage clothing, in particular, just like anyone that's inter- into band shirts. I'm one of those guys, and anyone that's into old wrestling shirts, wrestling shirts, band shirts. This guy just deals in them, and they're fucking great. And I come across his page, and I was like, man, I like every single one of these shirts. I want to buy them all. I will preface that vintage clothing, particularly wrestling shirts, are fetching quite a huge fee. He um, he didn't sell it himself, but he shared a shirt that had sold for $2,025, an old WrestleMania t-shirt. I think it had maybe Stone Cold and HBK, Shawn Michaels on it. And I was like, holy fuck. And he was like, man, it's insane, isn't it? I was like, it is insane. Like, someone's paid $2,000 for like a 30-year-old t-shirt. I couldn't believe it. But it is what it is. People are paying it, so why not? You know, it's like houses. You know, it's like they're going to go up because people are fucking paying it. So it is what it is. But yeah, Seek and Destroyed Vintage. Um, I don't know the guy's name, but I'm definitely going to get him on the show if he's still cool for that. He said he was. Go and check out his stuff. If you like vintage clothes, particularly band and wrestling t-shirts, he's got, he just did a giveaway of a Stone Cold t-shirt when he hit like 1,000 or 5,000 followers, something like that. Uh, I, I went into it. That's sort of what put him, put him on my radar, to be honest. But yeah, really cool. We actually started talking about the UFC the other week, so he seems like a legit bloke. So I was like, hey, man, where are you? He's like, Melbourne. I'm like, do you want to do a podcast? He's like, I'll oh, check it out. And he's like, I was like, no, do you want to be on my podcast? And he was like, yeah, definitely. Um, so anyway, that was really cool. He's a, good, he's a good dude. Go and check out his page. There's quite a few vintage things around, but wrestling band shirts. Go and check that shit out. Very, very cool. I love stuff like that. Now, another page I got on, Nostalgia Video. He has like the Blockbuster, old Blockbuster video logo that says Nostalgia Video. I don't know if this is a video store or it's in his house, but whatever it is, he's got it set up like an old video store and he's got everything on VHS and he does like some unreal fucking posts, like some seriously cool posts, like... It looks like he's in a video shop, right? And I'm just like, oh my God. And it's, yeah, here's what it is. I've just looked it up quickly. It says, I built a video store in my basement, custom VHS. It's like, what the fuck? He's got everything here on VHS. It's so good. And as soon as I saw it, it like, I went for like a trip down memory lane. It was so good. And like, basically when I was growing up, I remember this, like I, I always talk about movies. I love movies, you know, Netflix and stuff like that. It's handy, but it's changed. Like, it's not as fun looking for a movie on Netflix and streaming devices. What was fun was fucking going to your video easy or your blockbuster video, your, your network video, whatever it was, with your dad or your mum or your friends on a Friday and a Saturday night, particularly the Friday night. I used to love it. You know, we'd stay at dad's all weekend, and this is one of the biggest memories I had was like, dad was a big movie dude. And we love wrestling, right? And we love PlayStation games. So we would go and like rent all these things. Like we used to love renting wrestling fucking pay-per-views. You know, we were like two months behind it. But before the internet was a huge thing, it didn't matter. You were just like, I'm still going to watch it anyway because I don't even know the fucking results. Man, it just made my childhood all that sort of stuff, all those memories. And I genuinely miss walking into video stores. It always had a particular smell. I don't know why, but I, I miss it. You know, and I love the artwork on videos and and DVDs. I just like art like that, and I love being surrounded by one. This sounds fucking weird and sadistic, but one of my favorite things to do when I was a kid, and this is probably where my love, one of my loves for horror movies came from. I used to love cruising down the horror aisle as a young whippersnapper, and just left, right, disgusting imagery. You know what I mean? It was, and it was terrifying, but I wasn't terrified. It was like it, you felt warm, and it was like. 
as I got a little bit older and I got a bit more confident, you're like, what is the most fucked up videos? You know, and you're looking at it, you're like, what is this about? And you, you know, you're looking at a photo, you're reading a blurb on the back. Because I read, I read as a kid and I read now as an adult and I'm, and I'm a quick reader. So I'd be like taking in all this information. What the fuck is this? Oh my God, that sounds disgusting. We got to see that. My dad was a horror fan. My brother's a horror fan. So it was like, we were into it. But and I remember it. As soon as I saw a nostalgia video their page, I was like, fuck man, you've just given me a blast from the past and I can't thank you enough. And every post he does, I'm like, this is so sick. Like he's legitimately got, like his last post was like Wolf of Wall Street on on, uh, on on VHS. And I was like, man, that's so cool, you know? But yeah, shout out to him. He's got like a popcorn machine in there. He's got like Ninja Turtle posts. He's got heaps of horror. He's got fucking old games. He's got everything. Nostalgia video on uh, on Instagram. If you, if you loved the video store growing up, I urge you to go and check out that page. Fuck. Some people doing some cool shit. I love these people. I think the world is uh, is a great place, you know, and, and someone builds a video store in their fucking basement. I love hearing that shit. I fucking love it. I really do. So, they're my little shout-outs for the week. Now, I've got a couple of things. I've got a couple of movie reviews. I've got a bunch of little fans. Um, I've got some Guns N' Roses stuff, and I've got Cancer Culture. So, we're going to... We're probably going to talk for another 20, half an hour, but stick with me. I've been away for two weeks, and I really fucking missed you guys. Um, punchable offense time. Uh, I got two here. One one was more just a one-sword punchable offense. I don't like this guy. You know, I try to not judge books by their covers, but uh, Piers Morgan, right? He's just got such a punchable fucking head. And there's something about that guy, right? The Megan Markle, Harry, the Oprah Winfrey interview. I didn't watch it. Didn't really care for it. I don't really give a shit about the Royals. Oprah is cool, you know, but it's just one of those get on your soapbox kind of thing. Look, the Royals are dodgy as fuck. They're probably ancestral. Uh, they're definitely inbred. Uh, Prince Charles is a fucking weirdo. I'm pretty sure he's probably some sort of sexual offender in there somewhere. He was bad to Diana. She died. That was sad. They're all fucking weird. Prince Andrew is definitely a kiddie fiddler. He was in cahoots with Jeffrey Epstein. So, yeah, look, the Royals, I don't take them or leave them. I'd rather leave them. I don't give a fuck. So I didn't really give a shit about the whole Meghan Markle, Harry thing. People get caught up with that sort of stuff. And I'm, I'm sure they were rude to her. You know what I mean? She's not royal. They're snobby cunts. That's just what they do. But Piers Morgan, he's always been like hanging shit on him. He's one of these guys. I just, I feel like he's just one of those guys out there in the media and he just hangs shit on people. So Piers Morgan, that's a punchable offense, my friend. And just to anyone out there, when your job is to just like hang shit on people, like I know I probably do it as a bit of fun in the podcast, but I'll give a lot of like nice loving shout outs as well. I'm not a malicious person, but like, yeah, these these people out there that like get really famous, and they just try to bring people down. There was a recent fucking James Hooper, I think his name is, Cameron Smith retired, and the guy just posts stupid fucking articles about the shitty things that he could dredge up about Cameron Smith, which is really none at all. He's just making up stupid bullshit. So these people that just write fucking crap drivel, you know. Piers Morgan, he's always had some secret crush on Meghan Markle at some point, and he doesn't like it. He doesn't like her, you know, anymore. So he's always bagging around. Someone pulled him up on it, and he walked off Good Morning Britain. Mate, if you're going to give shit, learn to take shit, right? That's a punchable offense in itself, not taking shit. I don't know what is the more the punchable offense, punching Piers Morgan in the head or just, nah, there's the punchable offense. If you're going to fucking give some shit, you got to learn to take some shit. So yeah, my other punchable offense, which I'm sure we can all relate here, you know what I mean? And I will preface this because what these people do, yeah, it's for a good cause, but it's done in a very annoying punchable offense kind of way. Um, charities. Charities, 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 if you're listening. I, I do not like it when you stand at the front door of an establishment where you're going to spend money. 
everybody listening could relate to this in some way, shape or form. This goes back all the way back like 15 years ago. I remember I got done by the Lifesavers out of Dan Murphy's entrance. Recently this week, there was these charity people, pardon me, there was these charity people doing whatever they were doing, but they were like right at the front door of the IGA, right? And this was like a week ago where I was like, I've, I've got like some pennies that I'm juggling around. I really didn't have that much money. And they come and they see you and they like look at you and they look at you up and down. There are a couple of young dudes, always young dudes, you know, backpackers. And they're like, hey, hey, man, how are you? Cool shirt. Can I ask you a question? Or, you know, they're just trying to get you. I've got the AirPods in. I've got the glasses on. You know, I've got the fast walk on, the fast strut, really. And they're just there. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? And it's like, wait, you're going to ask me a question about something random and then tie it back to the charity and, you know, for less than a fucking cup of coffee a day or a dollar. You're not going to miss a dollar, are you? And it's like, yeah, I am. Because right now I got really no money in my pocket like legitimately like a couple of dollars here to get whatever i'm doing at iga and i'm that honest that i want to just turn around and be like hey listen i know you want money off me and i know these people need the money but i also need the money right i got mouths to feed as well dude and i don't have any of it to give away you know i know i'll get more money in the future but i also got to look out for my future right i gotta fucking do some long-term investing i gotta buy a house i gotta do some shit all right so Please don't stand in the doorway and get in my way when you know I'm going to spend money because it's a bit of a double-edged sword. They know you're going to spend money, so that's why they're there to hit you up for your money that you were going to spend, but they don't realize that you don't have much of that money to spend. Anyway, that's a punchable offense, but the charities themselves do great work. I suppose they've got to hit those people up because it's easy to tell someone to know on the phone or you know on text or an email. I just don't have an issue with saying I have no interest in talking to you right now. I say it in a nice way. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? Nah, sorry, i got to move. Carry on. Have a good day. Whew, punchable offense. Sheesh. Rude dude. Um, I was going to have a little dig at Guns N' Roses tonight, uh, just on the back of what I was saying there, that first punchable offense. I won't do that anymore because that'd be rude. Um, I will just say that I was really keen to buy Guns N' Roses tickets and go and see them and... I actually come across some live videos of Axel Rose singing recently, and uh, yeah, let's just say my my whole want and need to go see Guns N' Roses has really just the ass has fallen out of that idea after hearing some recorded stuff of Axel Rose. I'm not sure what's happened to his voice, but it just oh, it's not my cup of tea anymore. It's not what I remember. So yeah, I think I've got over got over that idea. And 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 he frankly he's just wearing like way too many clothes on stage. A lot of clothes all at once. I don't know what that's about too. I mean he does that shit in Queensland, he's gonna be fucking hot. And I'll just say that Axe will be warned right now, mate. Anyway, I won't go too much about Guns N' Roses. We'll talk about them separately one other time. Who knows? Uh, movie reviews. I watched a movie called Greenland recently. I liked it. Gerard Butler, some hot looking girl in it i'm not sure of her name but i have seen her in a few movies before she was a good actor and a little kid and a few other people you know how it goes but it was an end of the world one asteroids coming kind of like armageddon except this time the asteroid hits the earth spoiler alert um i liked it i i did i look it's a fucking epic end of the world movie but there were some different um ideas in it they really honed more in on the family the emotional struggle and there was a couple of, like real hard scenes there like as a parent i was like oh god you know um I won't ruin it for you, but yeah, basically this asteroid's gonna miss Earth and then all of a sudden a few of the things land on Earth when they were meant to land in some water and it's like, holy shit, actually now this big motherfucker's coming to, to, to rape Earth, basically. And then a few people that have skills, Drive Butler's a structural engineer or some shit, they get handpicked to go into like a bunker in Greenland that is gonna hopefully withstand the, the asteroid. So 
yeah, take that as you will. But I recommend it. Go and see it if you've got Amazon Prime. It's included in your package. Go and check that shit out. Another one I will I will touch on that. I really liked it. Um, I don't always watch these certain things. Uh, Netflix do amazing documentaries. I, I'll, I'll say that much. I feel like they do amazing documentaries and they capture that shit well. But Murder Among the Mormons, put that on your list. It was great. And it was a good one too because it was like only three episodes, 45 minutes and like two hour long episodes. It was good. So... I may do some spoiler alerts here. So if you want to watch that, I would turn off the show for, I'd say, a few minutes and then come back. Just skip through it. Skip through it. Okay. To to give you an idea about Murder Among the Mormons, I was intrigued by the title. I don't have a lot of love for religion. I'm an atheist myself. I don't believe in religion. I've seen the Book of Mormon. Um, I pretty much learn about Mormonism from the guys that created South Park. So that sort of shows you how educated I am in in the, uh, the, the religion of Mormonism. So I had no idea what it was about. But basically, to set the scene for this, it's like about rare document deals. One guy in particular, there's a lot in it, but one guy in particular has all these really cool old rare documents to the point where like, it's like, how does he get these rare documents? They're so rare, you know? And he finds them in obscure places and digs them out from different cities and stuff like that. He was a Mormon once himself and still sort of parades as a Mormon. But uh, if you watch the show, he's not he's not so much a Mormon. But it's like, fuck, where's he getting them from? You know what I mean? Some of the some of the documents too are a little bit detrimental to the whole Mormon way of living and kind of undermine what the uh, the idea of the church might be about. You know, so look, it's a religion thing, but it's a really staunch religion. And some other guy, Moroni, gave a gold book to Joseph Smith, and that was how Mormonism was born. And and they're the guys that wear the the black tie, the white slouch shirt, Elder Young. Elder White, all these sort of things. They come to your house, they knock on your door, spread the word of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, all that sort of stuff. Whew. Now, so the red documents, that sort of sets the scene, right? The LDS Church, Latter-day Saints, they get wind of these things. They don't want these things to be released. They start, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll buy these documents, you know. It's like 1985, 1984, early 80s. They're like, we're going to give you know, $250,000, $300,000, one one particular set of documents was was going to be a 1.5 million dollar fee it was fucking ridiculous right anyway this is a true story uh spoiler alert i would turn off now they they lead up to three bombings right three bombings that happened in salt lake city and they they kill this one guy in a in a bomb they kill another wife in a bomb, which you think it was meant for this guy because he's a rare document dealer too. He's connected with this one guy. And another guy, his car blows up, right? He doesn't die. He's in a coma. He loses some fingers and he gets a bit burnt and things like that. But but that's about it, right? And it's like, okay, fuck. What's happened to the documents? Some of the documents being burned, all this sort of stuff. After this guy makes a miraculous recovery, the other two have unfortunately passed away. The cops are getting involved. They're like, well, we've got to check everybody. So they start looking at other rare document dealers. They start looking at the church. Actually, you don't hear too much about the church, but when you're watching it, they're really painting this picture like, these guys are okay. They've got, they found documents and now the church want them. They want to give them the money. And then a couple of people die via bombs. And it's like, okay, what the fuck? Okay, the church have probably done this. That's what you're thinking. you know? Because let's be honest, the church aren't, too good with uh with the scandals you know they've done some naughty naughty things over the years but where it is this main document dealer is mark hoffman this rare document dealer for mormon goods right mormon artifacts and things like that they look at him they're like this guy's he he's 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 a he's a suspect and it just goes full-on mental you know 
And it turns out that this guy, after finding a few legit documents, realizing how much money he could be made, he started fully forging documents, making documents, writing letters, signing off as Joseph Smith, all these different figures in the Mormon faith. And they were so believable, you know. It goes into like how he how he beat polygraph tests, all these different things. He was like a proper psychotic psychopath, you could tell, right? He had this really annoying voice too. He's bombed this person to take them out. He, he wanted to kill him. And he's so cold, he just eventually comes clean with it after he's like, yeah, look, I'm guilty, right? And I'll tell you exactly how I did it, which is fascinating. And then he kills someone else at another house as a distraction. And, there's, and I, that was when I thought it was really cold. And you, and you feel like this guy has no remorse and, and you have no remorse to him from this point on. But he's like, I didn't care if it killed this guy, his wife, a child, a dog, whoever. It was just a distraction. That's some cold shit right there. Yeah, anyway... And then he felt bad and tried to kill himself. And he's obviously done a, like a crap job on that because he didn't kill himself. He just blew off a couple of fingers and that was about it and a few other nasties. But the guy's now in prison. He's been there his whole life. Um, was, yeah, Honestly, I can't recommend that enough. Sorry for the spoiler. I never normally do that, but I just I really liked it and I wanted to tell you about it. But go and check it out. It's, it's actually really fascinating. I, these things, you know, it's entertaining, but it's also sad too because, you know, people died and, then, and it's just like, oh, God. But I just... It's hard not to get kind of infatuated with these psychopaths. You're like, wow, these guys are family men. They look like they're doing good. They're pretending to be good, but they're doing this really nasty, sinister, evil shit under the surface, and it's like, holy fuck. But go and check that out. That was a really good show. It was one of the better ones I've seen Netflix do recently. Um, yeah, wow. My one last thing I'm going to talk about tonight, and I don't know how long I'll go on about this, but I saw something the other day, and it was like, oh my fucking God. But the term cancel culture has become a new modern day sensation, a new thing, right? But I come across this article on the internet, of course. Pepe Le Pew has been pulled from the Space Jam 2 poster and pulled from the movie uh, because he promotes rape culture. The cartoon skunk in the Looney Tunes promotes rape culture. Now I had to really think about that. I was like, I had to read into it and I'm like, well, I can't even remember Pepe Le Pew. I remember him, you know, he had that like funny little French accent. He stunk because he was a skunk and he always just wanted to like make love to chicks. Like that was his thing. I don't think it promotes rape. I really don't. Um, I know that it promotes like that French romantic and things like that. That was like always the thing, right? But I just thought it was the fact that he was a skunk and he stunk that the, the other things he was trying to, sort of force himself onto or, or, or attract they weren't attracted to him because he stunk like a skunk that's what i thought the whole thing was i don't know maybe i gotta look into that a bit more but it was just like holy fuck okay right and then i dug a bit deeper on this because i saw someone shared a post like a week before that dr seuss books six six uh dr seuss books have been pulled because of like racist imagery and things like that but different stereotypes within these books i don't know if there are any of the big ones i don't think they were a bit more of some of your skewer back catalog but never nevertheless they were pulled due to this cancel culture movement there was peter pan has been pulled dumbo has been pulled i saw a list of them like aristocrats all these ones we grew up watching and fucking even our parents grew up watching peter pan was like cultural stereotyping dumbo was like cultural stereotyping it was like pictures of them dressed as the indians and things like that you know white people dressed as indians and i was just like oh my god and look Sorry if I offend anyone in this bit, um, because it is probably a heavy topic, and and the more I look into it, I'm I'm pretty good at reading opinions and and seeing both sides of the coin, but from just a quick glance into this way of life and and these reading things, and when people get pissed off and upset and they jump up and down until they get their way, 
I don't think it's a good thing, right? And I don't think it's a good thing. Now, look, I know there's racism in the world, sexism. I know there's things like there's such things as rape culture. There's it, it's really bad. Like there are things out there that are promoting these things. You know, where I where I get funny about these sort of things, these are things that were made years ago, right? And and the world is a different place. Things change. The world is a different place now than it was 10 years ago and now than it was 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 years ago. It does change. Where I don't like where where TV shows are cancelled and pulled and we try to fucking delete all memory and idea of them is like, well, they took place. It was a part of history. For me, it's like, it's like World War Two, right? The Nazis did horrible things, you know, but it's like, do you go and do you go and try and make everyone forget about that war? Like it happened, you know what I mean? I feel like you've got to show respect to these things that happened in society you look at the time and you almost learn from them right i don't think you should go and hide them because i feel like people don't learn anything by that now again flipping the coin i feel like now the the idea must be that like okay we get it like our generation gets it but with the kids you know they're on disney plus and things like that we don't want them to see it because we, we don't want them to think that's okay you know this cultural stereotyping this rape culture and things like that look truth be told i think a kid up to a certain age probably wouldn't even understand what they're watching anyway you know i i don't you know as someone that grew up watching these things it's not something that i think about i mean i've watched peter pan a lot of times you know i've i've pepe Le Pew, i watched looney tunes a lot of times i just to- told you my thoughts on pepe Le Pew. i never once thought about a white peter pan wearing an indian headdress was was a a racial thing you know i didn't know about that uh, man i know zach wild from black label society he used to be he's a guitarist with ozzy osbourne as well he wears like an indian headdress i've seen people getting annoyed at him for wearing an indian headdress i like fashion and things like that it looks cool why can't a non-indian person wear an indian headdress i think anything it's like a bit of fucking bit of a tribute to them he's just he's so stoked with it and he wants to put it in his shows and he's got a bit of a bit of a thing around it that he sort of promotes it you know i don't know I, I would love to have a discussion. I genuinely would love to have a discussion with someone about the whole cancel culture thing, and for them to be on the other side to maybe maybe shed some light on what the thing is. But I I don't like I don't like it because I feel like what happens is there's there's things that are, are, are written in history. They're not necessarily bad. You know, these are cartoons and things like that. I saw someone recently about the Dr. Seuss books. You know, we're living in a funny age, right? So. There might be some sort of racial or cultural appropriation stereotyping within a couple of the fucking obscure Dr. Seuss books that have been around forever, yet we've got Cardi B slapping her wet-ass pussy on the floor and fucking dry-humping it, you know what I mean? So when my daughter goes and sees this chick legit whapping on the floor, wet-ass pussy, that's what it stands for, slamming it on there, I don't know. I feel like that sends a worse image. These 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 songs are literally on the radio. You know what I mean? If they turn them on on like daytime crap ass radio, you know, in between the shitty ads, you're gonna get wet ass pussy, right? Some chick pounding her pussy on the ground. I don't know if that's. I don't, I don't feel like that's you know. Is that better? I don't know. But for me, I think it's a lot worse than maybe some like people taking some cultural stereotyping out of a book that was made 50 fucking years ago you know what i mean if it's like if you're gonna censor one thing you might as well fucking censor everything because when people walk into these things you know it's like an opinion right me and a friend could both watch one movie and i rate it 10 out of 10 and he rates it one out of 10 you know we 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 look into things with a different everyone looks at it with a different view and a different opinion so i don't like these things where people you know go and change things people people talk about having no regrets and things like that you know and like uh, but 
but they obviously do. This is this is all regretful things that, that you know in society that they're talking about. You know, this is like when a human being goes and makes a mistake. You know, you don't want to fucking bury it. You know, and forget it ever happened. You kind of want to go. I made that mistake. I've learned from it, and this is what I'm going to do moving forward. You know. I'm sure the people that wrote Peter Pan and Dumbo and Dr. Seuss and all these people, if they were still cruising, you know, mind you, they're going, well, look, at the time, this was okay. Now it's not okay, so we're not going to do that again. That is what I would, that's how I would handle the situation. You know what I mean? But anyway, look, I don't think, uh, I don't think Space Jam 2, it's going to fucking hinder its Oscar chances at all by pulling Pepe Le Pew uh, from the movie. Um, yeah, don't know how well it would have gone at the Oscars, old Space Jam 2 with LeBron, but I might check it out. The first one was pretty good, um, you know, but I want to dig deep and look at this cancel culture shit because it, it is interesting, but yeah, I don't know. It kind of gets me riled up. I hate the fact that people get annoyed about things and they harp on about them and they go and go and go and protest and talk and this and that. I'm talking about little insignificant issues. For me, they, these seem insignificant and that might sound fucking insensitive, you know, but again... I love to hear people uh, that have a different opinion than me come on the show or even message me privately. Hit me up. You know, if this has struck a nerve with you, please let me know because I'm interested to hear a fucking different opinion to mine. But yeah, poor old Pepe Le Pew. He's felt the brunt of it this time. He's just a, I thought he was just a lovable, stinky French skunk that was trying to just kiss and romance other little skunks, I guess. I mean, I'm sure they stink too. Whatever. Anyway, that is it. That is the show. That's episode 84, King of the Couch. 67, 68 minutes. Shit, yeah. Um, mate, love being back in your ear holes. It's been a darn, darn good pleasure. Um, we'll have another little show Friday morning. Fuck yeah, Fridays. A little five-minute manger for your ear holes to start your Friday. I'm going to be more consistent with those. I promise you that. Um, I will sign off with please subscribe to the show. Please write a review. Please give it five stars. If you think it's a shit show, give me a one-star fucking let me know though all right tell me why you think it's a shit show but I, I i beg to differ i know it's a great show and you love it that's why you've fucking listened to the whole 68 and a half minutes so far but go and do that another big thing i like to do is pay it forward so please pay it forward if you like this episode share it on your instagram your facebook your socials or share it to a loved one someone please just share it pay it forward go and do something nice so yeah King of the Couch is back, and I have missed you. God, I've missed you. King of the Couch, episode 84. Get it down your ear holes. Thank you. Have a good week. I love you all.